Hi everybody, Luke Thomas here. Hope you're doing great. Thank you so much for watching the video. So if I had to ask you how much you know about Tiger Muay Thai, what could you tell me? Right? And again, some of you might know a lot. Some of you might not know a lot. In either case, don't worry about it. But to be honest, I thought I knew a fair amount about it and I guess I really didn't. So somebody came across my radar, George Hickman. You might not know that name, but you should. That's what today's conversation is frankly about. George Hickman tried out for uh, the team, the Tiger Muay Thai team about five years ago, frankly at the encouragement of Brian Stan. He was training with Brian Stan in Georgia at the time. He had wrestled uh, in college and uh, Brian was like, you should go try out and he did and he made the team and then ended up staying and then became the head coach. And now what you're noticing is Tiger Muay Thai still serves a lot of the same functions where people just come, train for a couple of weeks and go. But you're noticing that they're having some homegrown people do really well or people who came to them early anyway, if not from day one, certainly early in their development. And they're reaching new heights. Uh, George is the first guy to uh, corner a tie in Ryzen. And through some of his efforts, and of course the fighters' efforts individually, um, that came out of Tiger Muay Thai, they've actually signed the first tie to the UFC. Uh, a female uh, strawweight fighter. In any event, they're starting to do big things. We talk about it all the time. You got these really big gyms like American Top Team, aka Jackson's, blah blah blah. And to be sure, Tiger Muay Thai is world class facilities and has always had a lot of. It's, it's always been like well populated. But in terms of being known as one of these gyms that could consistently churn out talent to compete with the best across divisions, across organizations. I don't know that they were trying to be that, and they still are not necessarily trying to be that, but uh, what you're noticing is a bit of a sea change. You're noticing that across the world, there are some other gyms, small, medium, and large, that are beginning to do things a little bit different. Best practices have really spread across the world. Fortunes have changed for a lot of gyms in Asia, for better or for worse, actually, in certain directions, but it's on the up and up for Tiger Muay Thai, and I thought this conversation with George Hickman was really illuminating both to get to know him more, as well as to learn more about that gym. And this is kind of important because as of the time of this video, tomorrow is UFC Copenhagen. And I don't know if his fighters are going to win, if they're going to lose, but he's cornering Nohel uh, Hernandez and Khalil Roundtree. And Roundtree, you'll notice after the Eric Anders fight, just looked completely different. Now, not much of that cannot be ascribed necessarily to Tiger Muay Thai, but some of it can. And... They're looking to, to continue down that path of success, if not to win all the fights, but to continue his development in a, in a meaningful, coordinated kind of way. It just looks like Tiger Mortai has some big things set up for themselves, and George Hickman played a huge role in that. So after this video, if you watch the whole thing, and you should, you'll be much more capable uh, of answering the question, what do you know about Tiger Mortai? What do you know about George Hickman? What do you know about some of the differences now um, between the way they used to do business and how they do it today, the previous record of not really success, the gym was always kind of successful, but the ways in which that success was measured versus today. It's an interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it. So without further ado, here's George Hickman. And we're joined now by the head coach of Tiger Muay Thai, George Hickman. George, I believe we actually have something in common. Now, I could be wrong about this, but I want to verify this. Um, what state did you grow up in in the United States? North Carolina. Okay, so we're not exactly in common. How did you end up in Georgia, of all places? Um, when I was done competing, uh, wrestled in college in Pennsylvania. 
And I went home after my senior year of competing and back to North Carolina and had already known that I was going to start fighting and stuff. And uh, I stayed there for about six months and kind of outgrew. I'm from like a small beach town in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. And uh, I moved to, I went and trained in Atlanta. Uh, one weekend, I had a friend taking a job down there, so I went with him and trained and then was like, oh, man, I'll move with you. Uh, there's good training there for MMA, so I had, that was like before I turned professional, so uh, that's how I ended up in Atlanta, in Georgia, uh, just for training. Now, what year is this approximately? This is, I graduated in 2009, and I believe I fought twice amateur in North Carolina, and then I moved to Georgia in later 2009. Yeah, okay. So for some reason, I thought you might have grown up there. I actually ended up there in high school, uh, and I went. I used to live out of Marietta, which is, of course, not too far from, I think, where you were training with. If you're training with those boys out of Roswell, right? I trained in Marietta with Manu Into, yeah. um, and kind of in, like, uh, in Buckhead uh, at ATT. Mainly, I trained at uh, Jukau at his gym uh, at American Top Team Atlanta. Uh, Manu was my head coach for striking. And I trained that also with Brian Stan at his gym. So this is such an interesting story. You're the head coach of Tiger Muay Thai. You're actually in Copenhagen right now to corner uh, a couple of fighters that you have there on that card. I want to get to all of that, but I'd like to retrace the steps if I can. When did you become the head coach of Tiger Muay Thai? What year was that? And I guess the question would be, like, I know you had to try out in 2014 just to get on the team. It seems like five years later you ended up running it. Like, well, Walk me through that evolution. So, um, in 2014, uh, initially, like I, I, I had plans to maybe go to Singapore. I wasn't, it kind of fell through and, uh, I found out about the tryouts and, uh, actually got in touch with, uh, Alan Belcher and, uh, one other gentleman, Musin, and they had been to Tiger before. So they kind of helped me like initially get like the ball rolling. And then, uh, Brian like helped me like kind of with the emails and stuff. And then he was like, look, you got to try out. Cause initially like he tried to like get me not to do it, which in the, in the big, like the looking back now, I'm glad that I did try out for the team and stuff. And uh, so I moved there in 2014 uh, in April and I expected to go for about, my plan was to go for a year and I made the team and stuff and had a couple fights. And then uh, at the time it was Brian Ebersole and Roger Huerta. And Brian was kind of as I came in, like, and became like one of the guys on the team. He moved to, I believe it was Australia at the time. And I became the assistant MMA coach and the wrestling coach at the time. And then um, that was for, it's been so long. I want to say around like a year, year and a half. And then Roger kind of uh, went his separate way. And then that's when I took over the program. And I was still fighting competitively at the time. And I believe it's December will be three years since I last fought. And that's like kind of when I started, like really just like, I was like, I'm not going to fight anymore after that fight. And uh, I just focused on coaching. If memory serves, Brian Ebersol was the gentleman who had like Kimbo Slice, the original hero on his chest. Isn't that yes, right? Yes, that would be correct. <laughs> yep, that's correct. He is always memorable for if no reason than that one. Okay, so you ended up getting the the, the, the role you kind of alluded to it there, which was my next question. You have a 9-3 and three record, as I understand it. even fought in Bellator. How did you end up saying, no mas, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I would much rather coach. Like, what was the, what happened there? Uh, well, my last fight, like, you know, I won and stuff. So I went out, 
like and I didn't at the time like after fighting like I kind of re-injured my knee but it didn't take long to you know to heal up and stuff but it I just kind of took more on like much more coaching role like because this like Tiger is very different from most gyms in the world you know like it's people come like there's regular guests when I because I teach two classes a day I teach once in the morning a beginner and intermediate class with my brother for MMA and wrestling and stuff and then I teach a professional practice every day at four o'clock and in that class if there's just say give or take during you know what season it is if there's 40 people for example uh maybe eight of those people are like live there full-time or a little bit less than that and then the other remaining people are guys like Khalil uh Tai Vasar. Peter Yan, people like that, just to name a few that, you know, that we have relationships within, that we corner, that we, you know, we help train. Um, and then the rest of the people are just fighters that are pro fighters that, you know, I see for a week or a month and then I probably never see again. So it's a very different gym. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a, a different, a different type of gym. Yeah, but I guess what I'm asking is, and that's an important point we'll get to a little bit later as well, but the decision to no longer fight, you were doing well. Oh, I, yeah, watched, I, wa- I watched an old interview with Brian Stan. He had, I mean, just nothing but praise, and you did well. So what happened? Uh, yeah, sorry, I got carried away there. Um, I think that just like in, in saying that about, you know, the, the team being different, I, I really took on um, like cornering guys and traveling abroad with people and – um it just got to be where like after doing it and i at the time like had a pretty serious girlfriend who's now my wife and stuff um i just realized that you know one of the because before in atlanta when i was training and fighting when i first started out i was a car salesman as my main source of income and it was great you know i had insurance and I, i made good money and i could still come and go as i needed for training and fighting and stuff um and that was probably easier than still like training myself and and also coaching uh, and and traveling and stuff. And it just got to the point where, like, kind of like after about six months went by and I didn't like fight again, I was just kind of like, you know what? Like at first, I kind of said it as a joke, like, oh, I'm just coaching now. But then, uh, like, the more I thought about it and really, you know, thought about it. I really enjoy coaching and I like, I know that I had a lot of potential as a fighter and, but I'm really like, honestly, okay with not fighting anymore. Like, of course, sometimes I, I think about it, but to me it was, it was like a new challenge. Like I love Thailand. I have a Thai wife. Um, and I plan on staying in that, you know, I have a, a restaurant with my brother and I, I have a, a small tattoo shop. Um, so I'm kind of like laying roots down there and I really love that country and I plan on spending you know, for the foreseeable future there. So I think that had a big part to do with it. And I think I, I, to myself that I thought that if I continue to fight, then the team was going to suffer for me, you know, because fighting is a very selfish sport, uh, in my opinion. And uh, if you really want to reach the top. And I knew that trying to do both of those and juggle both things at the same time was going to be was going to be hard. So um, I think that was the ultimate decision. I, I, you know, I, I sacrificed kind of like my own career in a way but i don't really look at it like i'm not it to me it's like i'm totally fine with the decision that i made of coaching like i i get the same feelings before my guys fight um i'm very passionate about it and uh, you know i have very similar goals as when i was being a you know when i was a fighter i want to be the best possible coach that i can and and 
you know, really like have impact on the, the fighters' lives, not only as a coach, but, you know, helping them in life as well. And I think that was, again, the final kind of straw was when I really thought about it was um, just kind of taking a step back and, and realizing that I wanted to stay in that country and I wanted to, to really build something special. And uh, yeah, I think that was the, the main deciding factor. You know, it's interesting. I always, I always find it fascinating when people, uh, especially Americans, when they move abroad, how they take to it. And I, it's really quite binary, right? You see a lot of them have a lot of difficulty. And it could be because of the country they move to and their immigration laws or uh, how it's tied to employment opportunities. So some of it is not their fault. But you see a lot of real difficulty. On the other hand, sometimes it's just they take it to it like a duck to water. So how did a guy from North Carolina end up in Thailand to the point where – you, as you indicated, you took down. You're going to put down roots. You have a wife there. Uh, I believe you just had a baby girl. Me as well. So um, I saw that on yeah. your Instagram page. So it's like, how, how did it end up being, for lack of a better description, so easy? Um, I would say probably like when I moved to Atlanta, like the only form of Thailand I knew about, like I never really knew anybody that went to Thailand or visited. And uh, do you know Manu Into? Yes. The Muay Thai coach in yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, so Manu is, he's, is my coach, was my coach. He's one of my best friends. He's come and visited me there. He's, he cornered me in my, my last fight in Lebanon. So I'm very close with him. And I didn't really know much about Thailand until getting to know him. And uh, he used to take me to Thai restaurants. There was a, in Atlanta, there was a Thai restaurant like right across the street from my condo. So I used to eat there all the time. I actually dated a Thai girl for a while in America. Um, so I knew like, you know, some basic phrases and I liked the food a lot, and, but I had never actually been there. And then when I went there initially, you know, my, my, in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to stay a year and, you know, see how it pans out. And maybe I can eventually like just fight out of there and stuff. And I knew honestly, within the first month after the tryouts were over, um, I remember like driving around and just being like completely, um, what would be the word or the phrase just completely like just like almost lost like i couldn't believe that i was actually in this other country i mean i was i had never really like i've been to canada and on a cruise in the caribbean i'd never been outside of america really and i was just completely like f fell in love with the country and i i knew within one month that i'm not leaving this place there's go i'm gonna find a way to stay here and i'm very fortunate and lucky you know things worked out the way that they did and um you know, now I have my brother there as the the wrestling coach, and um, we have a, a slew of you know jujitsu coaches and and kickboxing coaches and boxing coaches on top of everything else. And it's really, I think, in the last couple of years, like it's really coming together as like you know a coaching staff and and you know the athletes that we have and stuff. So it's to me, it's it's you know I'm I'm excited about the future. When you became a uh, coach, and I'm sure you had a few goals in mind, a couple of which I specifically want to get to, but the other thing I wanted to sort of address was every coach likes to do things differently. Every coach has their own system. Every coach has their own preferences, their own way of observing the world and in instituting a program. When you took over, 